Hi everybody, I just wanted to jump in before the podcast and let you know we had some technical difficulties. I've done my best to clean it up in editing, but we were still kind of both trying to uh, give the other space to talk and not talk over each other. Made it a bit difficult. I think it's a nice conversation anyways, and I hope you enjoy it despite the technical difficulties. Here we go. Hello and welcome to, I guess we're calling this episode three now of the Lighting Lounge. Um, we're not trying to be Quentin Tarantino and rearrange all of the the numbers, but uh, <laughs> Aid pointed out that uh, zero and one happened already. So we, we did two last time and we are on to three. So here we are. How are you doing tonight, Aid? Excellent. Oh, it's good to be back. Surprised that we're already at show number three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's the right way to number it, though, seeing as those other ones are out there. And they are still on the Sunny 16 Presents feed. So, you know, we don't delete stuff off the feed. So it, they, they'll be there out there. But, of course, it'll be a different show entirely. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're just kind of plugging along, starting with some of the, the kind of basic things about light. We talked last time. What did we talk about last time? We talked about why are we why are we uh, bothering with lighting, I think. It was it definitely, yes, philosophical, you know, a bit about the why and, and you know, what we hope to gain from it and stuff like that. So uh, it'd be, this one's going to be a nice contrast, isn't it? You're going to, to talk about some technical stuff now, some characteristics and, and types of light. Yeah. So the idea, uh, I saw a video on the internet at some point and I, uh, the, the internet being what it is, I couldn't find it again. So sorry, internet. <laughs> um, but the, uh, one of these videos, it was one of these, you know, the five things about light or the five properties of light. And, you know, of course, if you Google that, you get about 45 million hits. Um, but the idea was when, when you're talking about light or lighting something, there are certain characteristics or properties of the light that one can um, control or modify or adapt or uh, yeah adjust to suit your needs. And so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about tonight is those particular qualities, what they are and uh, how you can how you can adjust them either uh, with artificial light or maybe even with uh, natural light. So that's kind of the idea. Yeah, and and uh, in recognition of the fact that we're talking about types of light, I've actually gone and dug out a light. Uh, and so anybody that's watching this on YouTube, uh, hopefully we will have sorted this out and you will be able to watch this on the sunny, the, the brand new Sunny 16 Presents YouTube channel, uh, which is where these podcasts, at the time of recording, future tense will end up. <laughs> but that is on me i'm afraid uh so yes if you happen to be watching this you will notice that i am lit by a type of light that causes some shadows whereas john michael is lit by a much softer light so we'll more go. on that in a moment because that's not the first characteristic of light that we're going to talk about today yep so these in no particular order the the first one on our list anyways is brightness and uh, uh people often compare lighting to to water so it's just kind of the amount of amount of light you've got to work with um, we can also talk about things like camera settings because you can make a really bright image with not a lot of light, or you can make a really dark image with uh, a whole lot of light going on. So, um, the, the amount of light, I guess the first control of that would be, uh, kind of your camera settings and what, what you're doing with a, a you know, a given amount of light. Well, I like a big hole in the front of my lens. I don't know about you. 
that's usually good yeah so um just just briefly you've got your your shutter speed your aperture and your film sensitivity or your uh, sensor sensitivity so those are your your classic exposure triangle and we're, we don't need to go into that too much i don't think yeah if you're if you're wondering yeah, about you, that you, then uh, uh <laughs> and then well no 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 i think i think but just to just to reflect on i do find sometimes that when you're talking about light that actually Sometimes the way that filmmakers and video makers talk is, is perhaps a little bit more intuitive. So, so often they won't talk about ISO, for example, in terms of sensitivity, whether it's film or digital. They'll talk about gain, and, and you know, they turn the gain up, uh, and that I find to be slightly more intuitive than you know the way that we photographers talk. Um, they often will refer to uh, aperture as iris um yeah after the 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 way the 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 aperture actually works in a lens um i'm reasonably comfortable with both of those because of course as a photographer i've grown up with aperture but yeah iris is is quite logical the one that i slightly find slightly less counterintuitive is the way they talk about shutter angles rather than shutter speeds because you kind of have to know how film cameras used to work nearly a hundred years ago to understand how shutter angles work so i suppose film cameras still work in that way today but but the, the systems were invented a long time ago but uh yeah it's a uh, yes but uh, as you say um less today about the uh exposure triangle i think yeah all right so the uh the idea of brightness in an image comes kind of down to what what the person decided at the end they wanted that brightness to be. And of course, if you've if you've got a lot of light to work with, then you can decide to make it bright or to make it dark. Um and some things are easier than others uh, in in lighting. Um if you have a dark space and you want to add light to it, that's pretty easy. Um if you've got a big bright room and you want to take light away from it or you're outside on a bright day, um reducing light takes a bit more effort often. Um, I know uh, Peter Lindbergh used to really like to go out on the beach and he would put kind of a big black marquee um, on the, on the beach as a, as a shade. So he would create his own open shade by kind of tenting off, making a, a dark tunnel um, and the, the models would stand inside that tunnel and get kind of lit by the, the reflected light from the sand and the sky to give it a nice, nice kind of soft and uh, beautiful sky. That. That's but, very interesting. Um, yeah. So that was, That's, that was one of his that, preferred yeah. techniques. Uh, interesting. Cause the, the black, I mean, yeah, uh, sometimes recorded, uh, referred to as negative fill, I suppose it, it would soak up some of that light and not reflect it all around. Um, much like the inside of a camera itself. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, let's talk about the type. Yeah, so two two types of uh, or two terms. Yeah, that people will often have heard relating to lighting are uh, low key and high key. Um, and for me, I uh, I'm sure there are there are technical things, but I basically tend to think of this one as a high key one is quite a bright image. Um, and a low-key one is simply a less bright image. Now, it doesn't mean that, especially with a low-key one, it doesn't mean that the image is dark or that the subject is dark. Often, as with this image that you're showing right now, um, the subject is, is very nicely lit and very easy to see. But overall, the the effect of the image 
is a, is of a dark image so this particular one um your model is very nicely lit um you know her, her face and and her arm and and the the thing around her neck um and uh but her dress is dark and the background is black and and so it all fades to black um so so this is uh, a great example for me of a low-key image yeah yeah i think uh a lot of times when you look at a histogram you can kind of get an idea if it's a if it's a low-key or a high-key image um and the histogram is just kind of a a line chart of how much white pixels and how many black pixels you've got in your image and that kind of will give you a spread of uh you know if you've got a lot if it's all gray it'll all be bunched up in the middle if it's all white it'll all be bunched up on one side and if it's all black it'll all be bunched up on the other side so that's kind of the uh i don't pay a lot of attention to histograms actually i have to say so you'll have to help me out here so if i was looking looking at this image that you're sharing which is as I just described is that the um, is mostly black you know, by area of the image it's mm. mostly black but the the subject she is she is very nicely lit yeah so would this mean that there would be most of the most of the action in the histogram would be to the far left where all the black is and then there'd just be a thin sliver where the white is yeah exactly so there would be um it would be mostly black which is uh, you know all the way to the left if i'm remembering that correctly i think it's on the left hand side is black yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um so you kind of scan along the image and then you get to the the amount of very dark gray which is kind of you know in the transitions from her shadows to the to the lights and there's not much because it's hard light which we'll talk about in a minute um so those those kind of dark gray images areas are there's not very many of them so there would be a little a little spike you know kind of right, in the yes, middle yes, middle gray area proportionally yeah the percentage of the image that is that tone is very small yeah right. okay cool so uh so so how and and we go about creating these low key images um by being very controlling with the how the light spreads so yeah yeah you would you would have um it's not necessarily to sh necessary to shoot in a dark room because if your light is sufficiently bright then it will overpower any ambient light anyway so so it doesn't need to be fully dark in the room or anything like that um but you probably wouldn't want too much ambient light and then you would be you would be very you'd be paying a lot of attention to where your light is going so um and a great way to think about this in terms of lighting modifiers is if you have a shoot through umbrella those are designed to spread light as far and wide as they possibly can uh so you probably wouldn't be wanting to use a shoot through umbrella for a low key image but you might choose to use uh, a soft box with a grid on it as as the grid stops the light spreading too much uh, or if you had a um, a strobe light, you might use uh, you could if you wanted it really tight, you might use um, barn doors or you could use uh, a snoot, which is a, 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 a tapered cylinder, basically, so that where the fat end goes on the light and it tapers to a thin end. So only a small hole is, is available for the light to travel outwards and therefore you can control the direction of the light quite nicely. It's kind of like a so, nozzle on a garden hose, you know, funneling kinda, all that yeah, light, yeah, good, you know. Good, good point. Yes, we should, yes. Thinking of light flowing like water is, I know that's one thing that you do, and that I, it's it's an interesting concept you've 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 shared with me because it's not something I've ever really thought about light flowing like water. I don't know, maybe it's 
Maybe it's because I studied physics. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I tend to think of I tend to think of it in quantum terms. Not that I ever got as good as quantum physics at school, but uh, yeah, it's just like if you don't pay attention to if you don't look at the photons, they'll take every possible path from mm. point A to point B. Yeah, <laughs> and so you have to look at the photons. You have to pay attention. You have to make sure they go in the right direction. <laughs> to be be herding all the photons, kind of like cats, all the land where you want them to be. Um, Absolutely. The good thing is with photons is, is that as long as you look at them, they're fine. Yeah, just got to pay attention. Um, so this one, I think, was a bare bulb flash. And I used a little um, uh, a little flash bender, which is a, a lighting modifier. It's kind of a... Okay. It's a little, it's a little square of, uh, it's black on one side and white on the other. And it's got some, some kind of bendy metal arms in it. So you can, you can adjust the shape of it. And I used that just to keep the light from spilling onto the background. Um, it would be really hard to do an image okay. like this on a bright, sunny day outside. Um, that would be very challenging. You would need a it's really powerful, weird. strong light to overpower the sun to make, you know, the, the background go black. I was looking through photos for today's show and I, I, I came across some that I'd actually shot outside um, with speed lights uh, on hot sunny day. So I, I know we've got that in a later show. We've got overpowering the sun uh, as a topic. So uh, they're not for showing today, but you know, stay tuned listeners because yeah, <laughs> there will be a topic about how to shoot outside with lights. All right. So that that's kind of our low key image. So this is uh, not a whole lot of light. This would be what I would consider almost a high key image. Um, I think some people would argue that point because there's a lot of black in it. And the idea of, of a high key image is that it's mostly white with some grays and some blacks. Um, so this, this might be considered more of a high contrast image rather than a high key image. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the highest key image that I could find on short notice. So that's the one that I pulled up. Um, and the idea with a high key <laughs> image is that you've got a whole lot of light. So this is a, a model. She's got her, her hands on her hips and she's standing in front of a wall of light, basically. Um, all the light in this image is coming from behind her and it's uh, kind of wrapping around. So you can see that on the, on the side of her face, she's looking a bit to the side. You can see that that side of her face has got a bit of an edge light to it um, around her arms and legs and that sort of thing. You can see a bit of light kind of uh, sneaking around the model um, and, and, uh, lighting up the sides of her as well. So it's not a silhouette. You can still see her from the front, but, uh, it's a very, a very light image. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, uh, yes, I, I suspect high contrast, um, verging on high key, as you say. Um, I, it is interesting, uh, you know, pe people perhaps, um, may not have so much experience if they're not into to lighting indoors with, um, with light that bends. Because of course, light isn't supposed to bend, is it? Um, but what uh, what we mean by that is that um, if something is is backlit with a very strong backlight, um, there will always be some reflection of other stuff, uh, and so you know, uh, and it uh, it there, there can be so much um, light uh, that it also uh, has an impact on whatever it is that it, you know, on your lens. 
uh, and the way that the lens renders the light then as well. So, so there are a few sort of uh, physics type effects that will happen, you know, bouncing of light from when you didn't intend it and, and other things that happen. And it always does look like the light bends. And you think to yourself, well, how come, and if I look at this image, uh, the, the model's shoulder blades look like they've got a light directly on them, but the only light is coming from behind her. I think, well, how, how can that be? Um, and, and it is just uh, one of those marvellous effects of when you have a, a great big bright light behind you, it does appear to bend and you do get effectively um, a, a fill light that comes from behind, which is an intriguing concept, but one you can play with as you have done clearly here, John Michael, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it can be very effective. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because when you when you have a big soft light, then uh, the light from one edge of the the source will actually fill in the shadows coming from the, the that are being cast by the other side of the light source. So the bigger your light source is, then you kind of fill in the shadows automatically with. Um, with the other with the other side of the same light rather than having two lights one that creates a shadow and the other that fills it in um you're kind of getting getting a fill and a key light from one big soft source um which which maybe uh brings us to our next topic which kind of the size and the distance of light um so we were we were talking about the the hardness or the softness of light, which I know when I started was kind of a kind of a weird thing for me to to think about. It's like, well, light is light. It's is it hard? Is it soft? I don't know. I, I find that confusing at times because uh, actually it's the it's the shadows really, isn't it? It's either the shadows are hard or the shadows are soft, but rather than the light, the light is just the light, but. <laughs> But yeah, this, I mean, this image you've got here is is uh, lovely. I'm guessing a bridesmaid, um, uh, and uh, she's she's lit in a very uh, with a very soft light. So all the shadows around her are very soft. The 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 spread of light across her is definitely coming from a particular direction from from camera left. Um, but it's soft. It, there's not so much fall off that the other side, you know, her, her other side is in shadow. Particularly, it's just a, a slightly less light falling there so it's very very softly lit and the shadows are very soft and that can be very flattering for a person especially for people like me who tend to have quite a few wrinkles um because uh if you can soften the light and make the shadows less less harsh um then it can make you look how you prefer to look quite frankly <laughs> Well, uh, the hard light is, is, uh, mean to everybody, you know, it's, uh, the harder the light, the, you know, each pore gets, you know, you see every little imperfection or pore or anything because, uh, you know, a point light will cast shadows from anything that's not perfectly smooth. So, um, I see that with my jewelry quite a bit, you know, when I'm taking pictures of a ring that's got a, you know, a, a mirror polish on it. And then I go take pictures of it. I can see little divots and imperfections in that polish that are uh, completely invisible to the naked eye. But even with a big soft light source, they they scream at me and go, "Here, yeah, you missed a spot." Um, <laughs> well, a big soft light source is is the thing. So we should probably talk about what we mean by that, isn't it? Because you know, some people will say, "Oh, the sun is quite a big light, isn't it?" Um, and yet the sun will cast quite strong 
hard-edged shadows. Um, and the simple fact of that is that actually it's not the size of the light in absolute terms. It's the size of the light relative to your subject. So a small light can be relatively quite big to the subject if you have it very close. So you can have a, you know, if you have a small light very close to, you have a very, very small light very close to a piece of jewellery that you've made. And actually that would create a very soft light across it. Whereas you can have uh, an enormous light uh, and you could have, I don't, let's say you've got one of those fancy eight foot across octoboxes that, 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 that fashion studios use and things like that. Um, uh, that's yeah, It may be eight feet across, but if it's 30 feet away, uh, then you know it's going to look like a hard light because relatively compared to your subject it's going to be fairly small so yeah, you know, it is very much a feature of the a combination of the the distance at, uh, from the subject and the size of the light that will give you your softness or your hardness i couldn't put it any better myself can you perhaps remember from this photo you know, um how close the light might have been and or, and or how big it would have been. <laughs> yep. So for this image, uh, I pulled it out because I know exactly what I did. Uh, the light is maybe three centimeters outside of frame. So I it is think it right be. there. <laughs> and um, I, I, I recently heard it called a waterfall, which I hadn't heard before, but I kind of like that. I'm getting back to water again. Um, it is a sheet of diffusion fabric which is basically the the white fabric that you see in the front of a softbox or a diffuser or something like that. Um, and I just bought a or if a you're not a photographer, like a shower curtain. Yeah, shower curtain or a or a, a thin curtain. Um, so that is hanging just from a, a stand right off to her side. And then I think I even went a step further and put an umbrella behind that. So the light is coming from a flash, hitting an umbrella, and then hitting this huge sheet of, of fabric, which was, you know, I think one and a half by three meters or something like that. So it was a very large light source off to her side, um, which gives you this nice kind of soft light. Okay. Uh, now, this is the next one. That, so this is one of mine. Um, so yeah. this is actually a picture of my daughter, which she won't mind me showing because she's a lot older than this now. This is when she was a lot younger. Um, and this is uh, an example of a hard light. Uh, so uh, and again, like, like you, uh, John Michael, chosen in this case, because I know I remember exactly how it was shot, even though it was, I think, about eight years ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. The uh, the picture here is, is of my daughter. She's just against a wall uh, and you can tell she's quite close to the wall because there's a big dark shadow behind her. Um, she's, she's looking upwards and away from both the camera and the light and the light is falling on her face. Um, uh, I think she'd been playing uh, with granny's beads. So she's got lots of beads around her neck and she's got some in her hair and stuff like that. So I think she'd been in, in granny's uh, dress up, you know, jewellery drawer. Um, and uh, I happen to have with me this, uh, I'm pretty sure this was shot on film, and I happen to have with me just a little pocket light panel, um, which I've talked about before, I think, which is uh, a little LED panel. It's about the form factor of a, a mobile phone. So a large mobile phone, but it, but nonetheless, it's no bigger than that. And it's probably uh, about two feet or 60 centimetres away from her. So it's not, um, it's not far out of shot. 
uh, for, from how this shot was taken. But because it's quite, so it's quite close, but because it's quite a small source of light, um, it's it's throwing a harder shadow and we're not getting any of that nice wraparound effect that uh, we saw in the earlier shot um, because the light is quite small. So you're not getting lots of sideways light coming in and, and, and appearing to wrap round and stuff like that. So it's, um, uh, it's, it, 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 uh, and it's not got um, the thing that I was talking about, which I probably described quite poorly earlier on, but the, the thing I was trying to say about the, the lens and the way the lens renders the light is that you can get from a big sort of light source, um, some uh, soft soft glare which makes it which adds to the effect of wrapping the light around um and of course in this case the light is not behind the subject um it's actually off camera left and it's pointing at her rather than at the camera so so you don't get that either so the net, net effect of this is actually is is um uh, some harder shadows um uh and it has its place it's um it, luckily my daughter's probably only about three years old in this photo so she doesn't have any wrinkles to show up <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the the uh the characteristic from the lens that you were talking about i think it's it's considered flare when you get that kind of light hazy look and uh older lenses are well known for that and a, a lot of a lot of cinematographers and filmmakers l tend to look for uh, lenses that will kind of give you that hazy look or that flared look when when you've got a strong light in frame pointing into the lens. Um, and you can also use things like a um, a black pro mist filter or a diffusion filter on the front of your lens. Um, if your lens happens to be too good, then you can. Uh, smear it up a bit by adding these <laughs> these kind of uh, uh diffusion filters and um i i use those as well when i was doing that backlit shot i don't remember if i had it on for that one or not but um even even on old film cameras i still sometimes use the diffusion filter just to kind of give it that extra level of of uh fuzziness in the in the soft light image but as yes. you were saying this one this one is then yeah. the, the contrary to that and you've got a nice hard light Yes, yes. I was just so yes, a nice hard light and and no issues of the the flare kind. Just I suppose just a quick note on on the flare is if you are deliberately shooting with a backlight or a very bright background and you get that and you don't want it, um, it is perhaps a sign that your your exposure is just a little on the high side, and if you close down the aperture uh, just a little bit, um, you often can make that go away. Um, so uh, that's that's uh, another tip there or another diagnostic tool for having but yeah the hard light I, li I like hard light occasionally um uh right as i said earlier on today i am lit by quite a hard light so anybody who can see um this video on youtube my light is about 30 centimeters across it's sort of a square it's an led panel but it's probably two meters away from me so by comparison yeah relative size to me it's um it's quite small uh, and that is you know that is why uh, I look like I have a fairly hard shadow down one side of my face and the shadow of my nose on, on my face as well from you know from that so uh, just uh, just playing with light today which is always good fun <laughs> what's up next all right so coming up next we've got another one from you and I have to click the right buttons here and that is um a nice low-key oh, image. 
Yeah. And uh, Okay, so this is my daughter again. Yeah. So this one I found she really won. interesting because it's a a soft light, but it's a low-key image. So you've got an almost completely dark image. You can see a little bit of sofa in it. You can see kind of a hint of a wall in the background. And um, the the young young girl has got her head kind of leaning on the arm of the sofa. And there's a there's a kind of little pool of light just uh, falling right on her. Um, but you can see from the shadows that it's a, it's a fairly soft light. So how did you how did you manage that one? uh that's a really good question um the approach for this is uh i guess it's twofold first of all you've got to dial out the ambient right so uh you have to have uh, an ambient exposure sh setting that is going to make it essentially dark um i mean she is she, she uh, has got her head on the arm of the sofa she was tired one afternoon i think possibly watching television um and uh just resting uh so uh the the trick so first step is to to set an ambient setting that is going to render all of that dark apart from where you put the light uh second step is the light itself uh now that was a single speed light in a small soft box i'm talking about something that's like maybe 30 centimeters by 20 centimeters or 25 by 20 or something like that it's actually quite a small softbox um it's the sort that actually velcros onto the head of your speed light uh so if anybody's got those um and to make it soft of course it is practically on in her ear right <laughs> um uh, it is very very marginally out of shot um so that was interesting. Uh, so, so that was um, how how I achieved that. And so it's 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 soft light by being close rather than by being big. And the way you and the way it's a pool of light is that um, it's actually a small box, and so the, there's not a, there's not a big light surface to light up the surrounding. I think the only other thing to mention is that I shot this on a camera with a leaf shutter. Uh, so I think it was shot on. Uh, a Fuji X20, which is a compact camera with a, a fixed lens, a, um, uh, a non-interchangeable zoom lens, uh, and uh, which has a leaf shutter. Uh, it, it's possibly the only camera I ever regret selling. Um, and uh, it was an amazing camera. You could shoot in bright daylight uh, with it, um, uh, giving away secrets for, from another show that we haven't yet made. But um, you could literally kill off the sunlight with a, yeah, with a single speed light with this camera because it had a leaf shutter. When you say dialing in the ambient, uh, just to explain that a little bit, um, you're, you're setting your basically your shutter speed and your aperture to to give a dark room is that what you would have you've gone through yes so you use probably mostly your shutter so speed for this one uh it will have been a combination of uh shutter speed it'll be a combination of all three actually be it playing with the exposure triangle so i imagine i had the iso dialed right down at base iso the shutter speed would have been quite high maybe a 500th or more uh and uh then the aperture would have been I don't actually, I don't know. It would have been to, to balance, right? So so let's say the aperture is the balance and just, just to make sure that, that there was no extra ambient light. So I think, so yeah, so what, what you're trying to do is to set your exposure manually so that you get basically a black 
uh photo if you don't add light to it but you don't want it to be like five stops into the black so that you have to add you know uh, uh, the force of the sun to light your <laughs> um you want it to be just into the black you want to be dialing the ambient all the way out but only just all the way out um so that you don't have to fill with too much light um that would possibly be more light than you've actually got <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we'll go we'll go into much more detail on that when we get into flashes and uh, combining light and that sort of thing. But um, all right, so let's let's move on to the next yeah. image here, and so this is another hard light image, and this one I wanted to pull in because it also um, starts talking about the next kind of attribute of light, which is the direction of the light. Um, so far we, um, all of these images have had a direction or another, but this one is, um, set up so that, uh, again, it's a model. She's standing square on to the camera and the light is coming from almost 90 degrees to the camera. So it's coming from her, uh, camera left side, kind of at her shoulder. And it's, it's hitting her in such a way that, uh, you've almost got a clean line of shadow down her nose and her far side of her face is falling completely off into shadow. Yeah. And this one sometimes known as split lighting, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a split lighting it's when you've got kind of a half and half, um, Broad lighting is when uh, the face, the, the part of the face that's closer to you is more illuminated, and short lighting is when the side of the face that's further away from you is more illuminated. Um, you have to have at least kind of a slight head turn to, for that to make any sense, though. And uh, anyways, um, so one of one of the things that's interesting about the direction of light is the um, the texture that you get with the light. Um, the the texture gets more dramatic the more off to the side your light becomes i think this particular image is is very effective actually um it's not a the split lighting is not a technique i've personally experimented with much but um uh this this one is you, you've got a great outcome here because you've got the split limit lighting um so the one side of her face is in shadow but you've got just a little bit of light uh on her eye to give it just that definition uh, and has some of her hair is coming just a little bit forward so it catches as well so you've got just enough detail to work out the shapes and your brain can fill in the gaps very very well crafted shot sir i think this one this one is um with one of my my favorite little modifiers um it's a collapsible beauty dish it's a it's like a little pop-up tent and so you kind of pop it out and it's i guess I guess 30 or 35 centimeters round kind of uh, modifier for a speed. And um, so it gives you a little bit more um, size to work with. And again, it's just right out of frame on her, her right camera left. I'm guessing that beauty dish isn't, uh, it isn't diffused in any way, because sometimes you can put a diffusion cover on them, occasionally called a sock. But uh, yeah, but uh, I'm guessing that in this case, because you've gone for a hard light, um, you haven't got anything there. So it's just the, the dish acting as a reflector and channeling the light. Well, it's it's not a real beauty dish. It's more like a softbox. So it's got a it's got a diffusion panel on the front and it's reflective on the inside. Um, your your classic beauty dish is actually metal and it has a, a little 
kind of reflector um, in front of the flash head itself, which bounces the light back into the dish, which then loops around and comes out the front. And um, you can you can also put modifiers on those, like you can put a grid on it, you can put a sock on it. Um, and these these little collapsible ones aren't that sophisticated. Uh, the fabric, so it's kind of like a soft box, but with a beauty dish flavor. It's a round soft box. I don't know. So this, by contrast, is a, a soft light image, and uh, this is a a young lady. She's actually laying on a runway at an airport. Cloudy day, nice big soft box. Uh, the whole world was diffused, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a beautiful one. Uh, this one, I, I like it a lot. It's um. Uh, but uh, yes, it, as you can see, it's a great example of how such a soft light can be very flattering as well, because you know uh, all across the model's face and her arms as well is you know it's all very smooth lighting and and therefore quite quite flattering and you know and it just it it's um it's it's easy on the eye as well, isn't it? You know, a soft light I find, and this this is a great picture. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way that it's not interesting. It is an interesting image, but it, but it, equally, it's the the way it's lit is is easy uh, to to work with, easy to appreciate and to see. Yeah, and I think um, the kind of the contrast between the the hard light and the soft light. If you if you want to have a flattering image, then go for something soft. Uh, everybody looks better in soft light. Um, the hard light kind of tends to go in more, at least for portraits, kind of the direction of fashion, or a bit edgier, a bit you know harder, grungier. You can kind of influence the feeling of the shot by whether it's hard or soft light. Next up, we have um, color. Color was one of the other things that you can affect with a light. Um, so this is an image with two different colored gels on the flashes and um actually a third light in here trying to bring back some semblance of skin tone to her face you've got a, you've got a yellow gel on one side uh then uh lit, lighting from camera right uh so it's so it's lighting the uh, her, the the model's body, the left of her body from camera right, but also the wall in the background on the left hand side of of the image, and then a purpley blue light uh, lighting for, coming from camera left. So it's lighting that side, it's lighting that side of her body, and then the opposite side of the wall. It's quite, it's a, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting effect. But yes, I can understand why. If you're lighting a model with both purple and orange light, um, then you need something for her face <laughs> because otherwise her face is just going to look purple and orange. So I can understand why you would have chosen to bring a third light in, which it looks to me like is is uh, slightly off to camera right somewhere because it looks like it's lighting up that side of her face more. Yeah, I think I think it was just a, a little little bare bulb or, or maybe in a small grid. Um but the idea with color is a bit tricky to, especially in film, um, outdoors, you kind of get the color of light that you get, and it's not very easy to change that. You can maybe use something like a tungsten film outside, so you would get a, a different color cast doing it that way. Um, with digital, you can adjust your color temperature to uh, kind of have an effect on what the daylight is giving you. I suppose you could put a big gel in front of a window or something like that. 
and uh, change the color of the light coming through that way. Um, but when you're dealing with studio lights or strobes or that sort of thing, um, uh, Joe McNally really likes that a lot. He's always putting little CTO gels, which is uh, color temperature orange or color temperature blue, just to kind of uh, match or, or place certain color tints on little background elements, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. I mean, so I have a number of lights that you can do that and constant lights are quite good for that because you can really tune in what it is that you're, you're getting. So um, many lights these days, LED based lights or, or have some level of color adjustment. Some will just be the, the color, the, the temperature of the white light. So I'm being lit at the moment by something I think is around about 3200 Kelvin. So quite a warm light, but the light itself will go up to 5600. So, so something more approaching daylight uh that yeah the little light panel you mentioned yes that that goes from uh cool cool to warm as well and then of course you have these days a lot of um very affordable these days actually um rgb lights where you can literally choose the the mixture of red green and blue uh and your light will depending on how much you pay for it reasonably faithfully <laughs> recreate what you what you dial in um and which, on a practical note um uh, and and even more so if you're buying cheaper lights, um, it really is a good idea to buy lights of the same kind uh, and from the same brand. So, uh, for example, I have, they're a few years old now, and one of them at least is, has failed or is, is part failing. I have some uh, Yongnuo um, LED light ones, I think mini lightsabers, and you can tune the colors of those to anything you like. They're RGB lights, they're warm and cool white lights. Um, but if I put them with another brand of light, especially another cheap brand of light, um, the colors are different. So just a, a little bit of a, a pragmatic tip there. If you're thinking of uh, getting uh, some, some new lights or some extra lights, always good to stick with the same brand if you can. All right, so we've got one more one more uh, quality on our list, and this was one that both Aid and I are a little bit uh, a little bit confused about, or or had a lot of experience with. And uh, uh, I don't have a good image. This was a, a picture I took. Actually, I think I took this one for the Lighting Lounge episode one. I think you guys called out for some images. I made this one for that many moons ago. So here it is. Um, and this is this is a picture of a camera, and it's a very diffuse light source. Um, this was done with one flashlight and a whole bunch of white sheets of paper. I basically built a little cylinder out of white printer paper with a roof and did a long exposure, moving the flashlight all the way around the, the camera and over the top and everything. So you can really imagine, um, if, if we go back to our water analysis, uh, you know, kind of pouring water through this flashlight on the on the camera until the whole thing is wet. Um, just do that with light, especially with your cameras. Don't try it with a hose. But the uh, the idea is that <laughs> is that everything is covered with light more or less equally. Um, if I had done the same thing without the diffuse paper, then there would be a lot more um, shiny corners. On the camera um you know along where the glass is along the everything that's a highlight now would be much brighter and that would be um what i understand to be more specular 
So when the light is a undiffused light, then it it's a, a shinier reflection. So the the reflection on my forehead right now is a soft reflection because I've got a big diffuser <laughs> here. Um, if I took the diffuser away, then the the shape of this of this reflection would be much um, much brighter, and the the edge would be harder. So that's uh, the kind of my understanding of specular light versus diffuse light. And you'll you'll hear about that a lot when you're talking about umbrellas with diffusion or without diffusion, and then uh, you know a white beauty dish versus a silver beauty dish, or a a white reflector versus a silver reflector. Um, so all of those sorts of things will will give you a very slightly different um, kind of quality of the highlight, almost like the opposite of uh, soft versus hard light where you're looking at the the transition of the shadows uh, well thank you first of all because it's a one that i've always struggled with as well i knew it was something to do with highlights and i knew it was something to do with reflections but uh it, it's one that has, has always eluded me i guess this is the point where we we have to fess up or at least certainly i have to fess up and say i will try and talk you know knowledgeably about the stuff that i actually know about and have practiced and tried myself on this podcast i will try not to talk about stuff that i don't know about or at least to flag up where i i don't know stuff i'm going to try try and be as honest as possible about that because i still very much feel that as much as i love light there's still a huge amount that i have to learn about it so uh yeah so uh, i consider this a learning moment on this podcast thank you very much absolutely oh for me too and uh um the properties that we that we gone through were the the amount of light so the brightness the direction of the light, the the size or the softness of the, uh, the color of the light, and now we've got this uh, specularity thing. So those are those are five parameters that you can pick from, and you know mix and match. You can have uh, a bright hard light, you can have a bright diffuse light, uh, a soft hard or soft and diffuse, colorful. And uh, then when you start mixing and matching multiple light, multiple light sources, and each one of those has a couple of different, uh, those qualities. And you can see how it, uh, it's very, very complicated very quickly, but uh, gives you a whole lot of options. Yeah, um, yes, uh, it does. Uh, and it can be really creative choices as well. So, you know, if, if you know, there's... I find it's quite useful to think in terms of uh, the characteristics of the light when I'm, when I'm imagining and trying to set up a shot. It's like, okay, what do I want to do here? What do I want to do to there? I mean, today, again, I've been doing some product photography today uh, for my wife's online store, her craft store. Um, and that's very much about big, soft lights so that you can show the products that she makes in a, in a, in a, um, in a, I was going to say a well-lit way, but well-lit could mean anything in this conversation. Because what I should probably say is, is in a way that shows uh, what the product looks like. Um, so it still needs to be nice and still some little sets that we design for for the composition. But really what you're trying to do is show the features of the product. So a bit like this camera, it's about an even lighting across the whole of the product uh, and, and making that. So for that, we just get out the big lights. <laughs> Um, actually, I say big lights. I don't mean big lights because really, uh, it, it's the it's the big soft box. It's my big octobox, um, which I just work off two speed lights inside it. Um, 
and uh, uh, and trigger those from a trigger that's on just sits on the top of the camera in a hot shoe. So it's nothing particularly expensive or flashy. Um, it looks impressive though. You walk into the house and go, oh wow, there's lots of big lighting equipment around. And it's like <laughs> most of the lighting equipment is the empty space inside the inside the soft boxes. <laughs> cool that's been a really interesting conversation um uh, and uh it's interesting to i, I do enjoy a bit of a, a technical discussion about these things as well don't know about you oh yeah absolutely and i think uh, for me when i'm when i'm working with a light as you say um and i think okay it's not really it's not doing what i want it to do then it helps to go back to these kind of basic properties and say okay well which of these properties is not doing what i want it do is it too bright is it too dark that's an easy one you know is it too hard is it too soft um maybe it's maybe it's the direction that's the one that i i adjust a lot is you know i'm i'm constantly moving moving the light stand back and forth a little bit just to kind of try and get the angle right um so so kind of i like to keep these properties in the back of my head just toolbox no um which which factor do I want to play with? Which which knob do I want to tweak to get the image to look how I want it to look? Well, that was a whole lot about the different properties of light and hopefully how to adjust them. Uh, hopefully interesting and maybe helpful for some people. Uh, if you have anything in particular you would like us to talk about, feel free to drop us a line and we'll try and fit that in. We've got a few more shows kind of in the works, planning on uh, doing a few different things. If you're just listening to the podcast version, go ahead and check out the Discord, and Aid will be posting the pictures that we're discussing, so you've got an idea of what we're talking about. Yeah, I've enjoyed the conversation, certainly today, um, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, more discussion in the Discord as well. Um, so yeah, we're, we're running this, uh, at least in, in uh, contemporaneously with with a mini series on the main Sunny Sixteen channel, um, so yeah, there should be, hopefully there's lots of well, there's, it's already started. Um, lots of discussion about lighting uh, in the Sunny Sixteen Discord, for which there will be a link in the show notes, and uh, we'll share the images that we've been talking about, uh, as John Michael said. Um, sadly, uh, I think we said in the last show that we'd be trying to include images as chapter markers in podcasts so people could see them on their phone. Sadly, um, our podcast hosting platform doesn't support that feature uh, of podcasts. Uh, so I overreached a little bit uh, when I promised that. So I apologize. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be the discord will be the place that we'll be able to, to share those uh, alongside, of course, the YouTube channel. Well, it was lovely chatting and I look forward to next conversation about whatever that's going to be about and uh we will talk to you all in a little while so have a great time playing with light bye bye everybody bye